loves you today. He wants to make you more like Him. Just feel that peace this morning, that embrace of peace. And that is the place where I'm changing. Come on, that's where we belong. When I was your foe, 
with her kids, right? She would just like straight up break redneck and you won't know what hits you. So I'm here to tell you right now, if I would break down hell on earth to get to that little girl right there, if something was wrong with her, you best believe do not get in my way. Bet, do not get in my way. How much more is the love of the Father when we've lost our way when we're believing a lie that we're not good enough, when we're believing a lie that we're not worthy for His love, when we're believing a lie that, you know, maybe there's a whole lot of other ways to get to God. I don't have to believe the Bible. 
when we feel unloved and unworthy, how much more will God break down every lie and every wall to get to you to prove his love? Come on, there is no love like our God's. As much as I love Jason, I have a hard time fathoming God loving me more. It's just hard to do. But you know, one day when we're in heaven, we'll know how to experience that love firsthand. Because right now, our, our, honestly, our physical bodies couldn't take it. I don't think we could handle that kind of love. But that's how much God loves you. That's how far He will stop at nothing to get to you, to show you the truth, to show you His love and mercy, to show you His grace and forgiveness, to show you that you are worthy, that you can't go too far because He loves you. He loves you that much. Come on, let's sing it again. This is the Father singing. Come on. There's no shadow. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb. Come on, coming after me. You can sing that with full assurance. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Come on, let him tear it down today. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick. Come on, let him tear down those walls and those lies. No shadow, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me, thank you Jesus. There's no wall you won't kick down, wall you won't tear down, coming after me, no shadow, there's no shadow. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Lord, 
another second just lift your voice and thank him for his love lord we thank you jesus we thank you jesus lord we thank you for your thankful for that love today are you thankful for his peace and his mercy and his grace and his goodness God we thank you Lord we thank you God thank you Jesus Come on, I want you to look at four people and say God loves you don't say it like you used to just hearing it all the time God loves you. Testing, one, two, one, two. All right. The children are now going to be dismissed to prepare for the Christmas production. Looking for Mr. Pastor Teresa, will you stand by that exit and just let the kids line up with you real fast? They can go to Kirsten. Go to Kirsten. All right, never mind. Kids, go to Miss Kirsten in the red shirt back there. All children. I did not say that. Hey, they are taking the kids over to the activity center to do dress rehearsal for the Christmas production. So that is where they will be. Just a little FYI. That is where they will be. Our children are now dismissed. All righty. What's up, my Motley crew? Ragtag team. What's up, guys? Um, will you stand with me as we pray before we start today? And just thank God for what he's doing. Amen. Oh, Lord God, we're just believing for it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Will you raise your hands with me? Oh, King Jesus. We are believing for so many promises. And we know, we know in our hearts that you promised us and that you are more, far more able to perform than we could ever know. So Lord God, right now, I just pray that our faith would grow even to the size of a mustard seed. Lord God, right now, I am believing for miracles in families and families in this church. I want you to know you are not alone. We see you, we love you, we are praying for you, we are in this with you, you are not alone, and more than us, the God of the universe walks by your side. So Lord God, right now I just pray healing in hearts, healing in minds, restoration of families, restoration of marriages, Lord God, salvations in families, deliverance of demonic forces in the name of Jesus. We will not stand by and watch the enemy wreak havoc on our families, but we will stand and take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now we take every thought, every philosophy, every theology, 
captive as prisoners of war to the God of heaven, the commander of the angel armies. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we proclaim it and we believe it. And more than that, we even receive it. And we thank you in advance for what you are going to do. Lord God, we love y'all. Re just rejoice. Praise his name real quick. Lord God, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in this house, Father God. We thank you for the everyday miracles of life, breath in our lungs, life in our bodies, food on our plates, shelter over our heads, families we can love, jobs that could provide income to get back into the kingdom. Lord God, we thank you. Holy Spirit, produce, produce a life of thanksgiving in our very beings at the deepest point of our soul. Produce thoughts of praise, thoughts of rejoicing, thoughts of prayer, thoughts of thanksgiving. Mm, Father God, we thank you in the trivial areas of life. We thank you in the trials of life. We thank you in the triumphs of life. And we thank you even in the tragedies of life. Lord God, we thank you for this day. Holy Spirit, have your way. In your mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. We are going to be in, um, we're going to be in two, two short passages today. If you would please turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18. It's up on the screen. And we are going to be in Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 8. And we're going to read those together, and I'll let you know when we're going to start. Um, but Serena and I went to Alabama for Thanksgiving to be with her family. Um, and, you know, while, while we were there, we got there on Tuesday, and I was, I was exhausted from the drive, and I was just kind of laying there thinking, you know, and thinking about what I was thankful for. But then it hit me. How many of us wait till Thanksgiving to think about what we're really thankful for, Right? And so that, that hit me like, God, that just should not be so, especially not in my own life when I have so many things to be thankful for. Why do I wait a whole year just to get back to thinking about it? So I started searching the scriptures. God, what do you want me to talk about on Sunday? And I really just kind of finished putting this together last night and then tweaked it more this morning. So we're going to see where the Holy Spirit takes us. But there's only two passages we're really going to be delving into today. So if you would stand up with me, please. The, the, the topic today is three keys to living a life of thanksgiving. And if you have your scripture, read, read your passage along with me. But I'm going to read from the New American Standard Version 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It's beautiful. It's simple. Verse 16 states, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Hey, that sounds awful familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like that word union we've been talking about. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. We should probably take note of that, right? All right, let's go over to Philippians chapter 4. We're just going to do verses 4 through 7. We're going to deal with verse 8 in a second. Give you one second. Philippians chapter 4. It's just a little bit to the left. If you go too far, you're definitely going to pass it. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I'm going to start reading. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. You may be seated. Three keys that I believe, and we, we see the similarities in both passages. Paul wrote both. And while union is a huge 164 times union is used in Paul's writings, it's actually up to 57 times Paul uses the word thanksgiving or give thanks. 
So if it's mentioned that many times, what have I said about that? It's probably worth noting if it's repeated that many times. While reading this passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I took note of that. There, there, there were three things, and he says, this is the will of God for you. And if that is the will of God, then I definitely want to be living in that. And if that's the will of God for me in union with Jesus, I definitely want to be living in that. So what, 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 is, what does rejoice mean? What does it mean to rejoice always? Rejoice means this, to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to make joyful to gladden, to animate with lively, pleasurable sensations, to exhilarate. Can I tell you today, Christians, if anyone has a, has a reason to rejoice, it's us. It's us. You hear me? It's us. If anyone has a reason to be filled with so much joy, you cannot stop smiling. If we truly believe what the Word of God says about us in union with Christ Jesus— we, no matter our circumstance, and listen, some of y'all are going through some stuff I can't even comprehend. Some of y'all are going through things in your families I can't even wrap my mind around why so much is happening at one time. I, I don't understand it. But can I tell you, this life is not where our hope lies. This life is not what we're holding on to, what we're clinging to. This life is but a mist, but a vapor. We have been redeemed. We have been forgiven. We have been welcomed into a family. We have been called children of God. And we've been called blessed. You are blessed even in the season you are in right at this moment. Which some of y'all are going through very hard seasons. But you are called blessed. You are called a child of God. And can I tell you something even more? He has prepared an inheritance that is waiting for you right now. Psalm 73 says that God walks us by our right hand and guides us through life, but then he welcomes us into his family once we pass on to the next. So not only do we have a God that loves us and watches over us where we are, he has even provided a place for us in the next. And if anyone has a reason to rejoice, to be filled with joy, it's us. And, you know, I, I was thinking back just, just through my life. On Thanksgiving, I usually just kind of, and Christmas, New Year's, I just think back on, you know, what, what have I been through? What has God brought me through? And it's like I just started rejoicing in my spirit. Can I tell you, rejoicing is it's joy. It's building up of joy in your spirit. It's praises to God. And it's different than Thanksgiving. We're going to deal with that. But rejoice is the joy in your spirit that produces the peace that surpasses all understanding. And so I started to think back on my life, and I was amazed at everything God had brought me through. And how in those seasons, he gave me extra grace and extra mercy in those seasons. Can I tell you, God gives you grace for the season you're going through. God sees you where you are, and God sees the season that you are in. And he pours out and pours out. Why? Because James 1.17 tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. So while we may be going through a season, are you redeemed? Has God prepared an inheritance for you? Are you called a child? Are you called blessed? We have a reason to rejoice. In every season, Philippians chapter 4 goes on. Paul says, I have learned, I have learned to be content, or the word in the Greek could say, I have learned to rejoice in, in all things. I know what it's like to abound. I know what it's like to be low. And Paul says, through knowing and uh, the Amplified Version says, rejoice in your faith or your relationship with God. The fact that we are in union with Jesus should make us a very happy, joyful people. So in those seasons we go through, now the world, when they go through a season, what, what is the only thing they have to look at? The situation. When we go through something, we don't have to look at the situation, we get to look at the king. And so our perspective is automatically shifted up where the world's perspective is shifted down. So as Christians, what does that mean? We can always walk with our heads up. We can always find a reason to rejoice in our faith. And what God has given us, that passive faith where God has given us so much, we simply have to believe it and let it swell up in our 
hearts. The second one is pray without ceasing. Well, what does this mean? It's a dependence upon the Lord in all that we do. Before you speak, before you act, before you step into work, you are talking to the Father, asking for guidance, asking for wisdom, asking for the power and the will to do what he has called you to do. It's talking to him throughout our entire day. And listen, and intentionally recognizing him and involving him in everything we do. He's already there. Whether you're going to recognize him or acknowledge him or not, the Father is with you. But praying constantly without ceasing is we are recognizing him and intentionally involving him in everything that is happening throughout our day. Can I tell you, when that is happening, which I, it's a very intentional process, can I tell you, when you are intentional about talking to him throughout your day, can I tell you, your perspective shifts. Your perspective shifts from the flesh to the spirit. And can I tell you, the spirit is always more positive than the flesh. The flesh is a pessimist. Oh my gosh, there's no way I can do that. Oh my gosh, that bill is insurmountable. The Spirit is always optimistic. Hey, God's got you. Hey, that thing at work, God's going to give you the strength and the power. I know you got kids at home screaming, but he's going to give you the rest you need. Even if it's only four hours of sleep, he's got you. That's what the Spirit's going to be telling you. And the Spirit's going to be telling you, oh, that money you need, God's going to provide it. Just, just, just believe. So while our flesh is always bringing us here, when we talk to the Father, it's always bringing us here. Our perspective always goes upwards. And can I tell you, when, listen, even in my own life, I have seen situations different recently in the past couple months because I've been intentional to involve him and acknowledge him in everything. I just talked to him throughout the day. And, 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 it's, and it's been such a perspective shift because, listen, when you have the perspective of the Father, the hard days do not seem so hard. And can I tell you, the Mondays don't seem so mundane. You want to live a life of excitement? Live a life talking to the Father. You want to live a life of excitement? Be led by the Holy Spirit, because I guarantee you he's going to ask you to do something crazy and uncomfortable. Talk to the Father. And you know, I, I feel like we, we read this passage and say, pray without ceasing, and what we're thinking is you've got to go lock yourself in a room for 24 hours a day. No. It's talking to your dad. He's with you. The Father is with you. Talk to your dad. He's there. Listen, there are some women in here, and I just feel this in my spirit. Y'all have, have had miscarriages. Can I tell you, the Father sees you in that. The Father never left you in that. And can I tell you, that baby is with the Father now. I, I just feel that, I feel that in my spirit. Someone is struggling with these things. Listen, talk to the Father. The Father will counsel you. You need help, the Father will counsel you. The Father will comfort you. Talk to the Father. It's all about perspective. When we have the perspective of ourselves, of the flesh, we see everything that could go wrong and everything that is going wrong. When we see the perspective of the Father, we see the Father. And we know all things are possible with the Father. Nothing is impossible with God. Does that mean it goes according to the way I want it to? No, it doesn't. But all things are possible to him. Number three, in everything, give thanks. Listen, you can give thanks in all things because thanksgiving is a response to the goodness and grace of God. I need you all to hear this. God's nature does not change based on outward circumstances. The goodness of God, the mercies of God, the grace of God, they do not change because your circumstances have changed. He remains the same today, yesterday, and forever. He does not change like the shifting shadows. He is the same. So just because your circumstances change, that does not mean God has changed or turned his back on you. Listen, in every season, in every circumstance, in every situation, we have got to learn to thank God for the everyday miracles. Are you breathing right now? It's a miracle you can breathe. Are you alive right now? It's a miracle you're alive. Are we about to all go eat lunch together? It's a miracle we have food. Are we in a nice, comfortable building? It's a miracle we have that building. We have to learn to thank God for every single day, everything that we have, the small things. And when we thank God in the small things, the big things don't seem so hard. 
And listen, I'm talking to y'all. I'm talking to those, to those I know who are going through really hard things right now. And I'm talking specifically to you. Those of you in this room who are going through a hard season, you've got to learn to thank God for the small things. And believe him for the big things. And thank him before he does it because he is faithful. He is faithful. Do y'all hear me? Learn to thank him in the small aspects of life. Those mothers out there who had miscarriages, if you have little babies, hold them tight today. Give them a kiss. Say, thank you, God, for the kids I do have. Thank you, God, for what you have blessed me with. God, you are still good. You are still faithful. I don't understand it, but I'm going to choose to be thankful for what you have given me. God is always working. I'm going to go back to Philippians chapter 4, and I, just, I want to read through it and just kind of talk about it for a second. Starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I love how he says, and again I will say rejoice. And I love how there's an exclamation point at that. Because what is Paul saying? He says, y'all, we have been so blessed by everything Jesus provided for us on the cross, he's saying rejoice, but again, rejoice. And he says, always rejoice. Y'all, this is the same Paul who was stoned twice, thrown in prison up teen times, beaten, persecuted. This is Paul. And do you know where Paul is actually writing the majority of his letters from? Prison. And Paul is saying, rejoice. Be exceedingly glad, brothers and sisters, because of what Jesus has done upon the cross. Listen, I can understand why the world is depressed. I, I can understand that. The world is very bleak right now. It's dysfunctional. There's fighting everywhere. Sometimes it even looks like there's a civil war splitting. So I can understand why they're hopeless. But y'all, this, this is not our home. Scripture says we are but sojourners through this life. Y'all, keep your eyes on Jesus. Verse 5. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Last week we actually talked about having a gentle spirit. How we console people. How we counsel people. But can I tell you, rejoicing leads to a gentle spirit. Joy and peace. Listen, rejoicing brings joy and peace in your very being. When you are a person of peace, you can't help but to be gentle. Proverbs tells us that a gentle, war, a gentle word can stop a war. That's what Proverbs tells us. But a word of strife stirs up a war. So when we are people of a gentle spirit, it's through the rejoicing in our very beings. Verse 6. Be, oh, y'all, I love this because this one's hard for me. Be anxious for nothing. What? What, Paul? Be anxious for nothing? Listen, here it is. But in everything, by prayer... And supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Let's just look at verse 6 for a minute. But in everything, every aspect of life, what is that? Praying without ceasing, everything by prayer, talking to your Father, and supplication, which means a humble spirit coming before your Father, talking to Him in humility, and thanking Him for everything He's already doing, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, here's what happens, saints. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Those in this church who are going through an extremely hard situation, and those in this church who have it pretty good right now, I need you to apply this this week. But in everything, by prayer, talking to your Father, Come even before him in humility with thanksgiving. Your situation is hard, but he is giving you things to be thankful for. Listen, listen to what happens when you do it. Verse 7, this is the outcome. And the peace, oh, this is a promise. Verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. Grab on it today. Talk to your father. Come before him humbly and thank him for what he's already done and see what he pours into your spirit. It's peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that will make those ones who are not saved wonder what's going on in your life. Those in your family, those of your friends who know your situation and know you should be depressed and filled with anxiety and angry, but when you're walking as a person of peace, they get to see Jesus in you. 
I'm going to look at verse 8 now, saints, because it's all about a shift of perspective. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. What is Paul saying? Your situation may look absolutely hopeless, but find something. Find the goodness of God in your situation and dwell. What does it mean to dwell? Your mind and your heart are set on them. When the world and your family and your friends are telling you it's hopeless, you see the goodness of God and you cling to that thought. Can I tell you, that is why 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, tells us to take every thought captive to the name of Jesus. To take it captive and then to look unto him who is worthy of all praise, all honor, and is worthy forever and ever. Amen. That is the one. It's a shift of perspective. Do you see how he says, if there is anything, he says, look for it and you will find it in any situation. That's why he says, if you can find anything. Because Paul knew, like his situation, people were going through really hard situations. And people were going through really hard seasons. He said, if there's anything worthy, anything beautiful, anything lovely, anything good, think on those things. And can I tell you, what you think upon is how you're going to live. So if you're constantly thinking on the bills you can't pay, constantly thinking of the family members that left, constantly thinking of the spouse that something happened to, if you're constantly thinking on those things, you're going to live a very anxious, depressed, angry life. But Paul tells us it's a shift of perspective. Instead of focusing on where you are, focus on the Father. And guess what? In union with him, his spirit is now our spirit. And can I tell you, Scripture tells us, who can know the mind of God except his spirit? Guess whose spirit lives in us? His spirit. We are now one spirit with Christ Jesus, which enables us to see the world the way the Father does. You know what? I wasn't going to share this, but you know what? Some of us need hope today. Let's look at Revelation chapter 21, I believe. Let's look at it. I want us to see what the Father is doing for us and what he is preparing for his children. Revelation chapter 21. I believe we're going to go verses 1 through 7. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Y'all, I'm excited today. I'm finding reasons to rejoice. I'm finding reasons just to talk to my father through the day. And I'm finding even the everyday miracles. Y'all, when we see everything that we have as a miracle, I guarantee it's going to produce thanksgiving inside of you. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Y'all, we get to be with the Father. We get to live with the one who loves our souls. My goodness. And he, oh, verse 4, y'all cling to this. And he will, there's a promise, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha. Y'all, he said, It is done. It is already done. It is already done. It's set in stone. The period has already been placed. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of, of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. What a promise. 
What a hope to look to. What thankfulness can be produced in our hearts. Can I tell you that rejoicing in our spirit leads to thoughts of God, which then leads us to talk to him. Rejoicing leads to prayer without ceasing. Prayer without ceasing leads to thankfulness in our spirits. Can I tell you that? These three flow together so beautifully. If we focus on the Father, joy and peace are produced in our spirits, which then leads to us wanting to talk to our Father, which leads to thanksgiving. You cannot rejoice without thanking God. You're rejoicing over what he's done. You can't help but to thank him for what he's done. Which then produces the, the life of thanksgiving in our very beings. Church, crossroads, those who are here, could you imagine if we lived a life of thanksgiving? How would those around us be impacted by our very spirit? When they're in the same situation as us, but we're acting this way and they're over here, how do you think that's going to impact them? Miss Janet, when you have friends in the future who are going through something similar to what you're going through and you're able to help them through it, imagine the example you're going to be. Sarah, same for you. Miss Rhonda, same for you. And we live that life of thanksgiving. Christians, can I tell you, we need to be a people of joy more than ever. People need to see you smile. People, people need to see you smile. Can I tell you that? In a world where no one even wants to be around anyone, in a world of isolation and depression, they need to see you smile. And you have every reason in every season to smile. Saints, we are blessed. And can I tell you, for me personally, the two hardest times for me to, to really see God and what he's doing is one in the trivial aspects of life. In the mundane, boring day to day, sometimes I get so caught up and lulled to sleep by life that I forget that everything around me is a blessing. When I get to walk in this building, that's a blessing. When I get to walk in as your pastor, that's a blessing. When I get to go home and see my wife and baby boy, that's a blessing. When I get to pet my crazy dog, Sky, that's a blessing. And I am to be thankful for all these things. I know I can complain, oh, this, this, that. No, the fact that I have these things is a blessing. And can I tell you what scripture says? That we can, that we can live a life of thanksgiving in the trivial. Colossians chapter 3, verses 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. In everything we do, if we do it as unto God instead of as if for man, our, sh our focus is shifted to the Father, and we see even the trivial things in life as a blessing. That job you hate, it's a blessing. That apartment you hate, it's a blessing. These small, mundane, trivial things in life, we can live a life of thanksgiving even in the trivial areas of life. Listen, we can give thanksgiving in the trials. Let me tell you why. Because trials are producing something very specific. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it all joy. Whoo, Paul, you're going to little, little, get me a little excited. Sorry, James, get me a little excited. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials. You're telling me to be happy when I face trials? Happy? Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Trials produce endurance, which in endurance produces you to the point of completeness where you lack nothing. We can give thanksgiving even in the trials because it's producing endurance in us to stand. Listen. We can give thanksgiving in the triumphs. Can I tell you, for some people, giving thanksgiving, get, being a heart of thanksgiving in the triumphs is the hardest. Why? Because we want to take the glory for ourselves. When, when we triumph, we want to take the glory for ourselves. Look what I did. Look, look at me. Look what I achieved. No, 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 no. Listen. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Every triumph is from the Father. Every triumph is from the Father. Oh, Lord Jesus. Listen, and we can give thanksgiving even in tragedies. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together 
for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Y'all, even in the tragedies, even when we don't understand what's happening, Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36 said the depths of God's knowledge and wisdom can never be sought out. It's too deep for us, but he is working in all things. Those of you who have gone through tragedies, he is working. He is working. I'm telling you right now, even when we can't see it, even when we don't feel it, the Father is working on the behalf of all those who love him. Even in tragedy, even when we can't comprehend what's happening, even when it doesn't make sense, the Father is working. He's working all things out. And in all these, thanksgiving in the trivial, thanksgiving in the trials, thanksgiving in the triumphs, and thanksgiving in the tragedies, all those things are possible through our union with Christ Jesus. I just want to finish this off by reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 one more time. I want us to get these implanted in our hearts. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Congregation, will you stand with me as we pray and thank God for his many blessings and goodness and mercies and grace? Will you raise your hands with me? Father, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in this house for what you've done in this house, but we thank you for what you are going to do in this house, that we are believing that in 2022, we're going to see more souls saved in this church than any before it. Lord God, we are believing for amazing things going into this new year, but I just want to stop and thank you for what you've already done in this house, Lord God. I thank you for the excitement in this house. I thank you for the expectancy in this house. Lord God, we are just so thankful for the everyday miracles you give us, for your provision in every single day of life, Lord God. We just thank you. And Lord God, right now, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would produce such a spirit of of joy in our hearts, such a joy that people can't help but see it overflowing from us. And Lord God, I just pray that we we would talk to you in all things, that we would involve you and acknowledge you in every aspect of our everyday lives, Lord God that we would just talk to our Father, that we would just rely on our Father, knowing that you love us, knowing that you are providing for us and comforting us. Lord God, I just pray that we would have such a spirit of thanksgiving that everything that happens, we're just like, God, thank you. And we just acknowledge your goodness and your mercy in everything, that even in the mundane, trivial things of life, Lord God, we see them as blessings and we thank you for them, Father. So, God, right now, I just pray you would produce a life of thanksgiving in us, that we would all live lives of thanksgiving, that in all things, in every situation, in every season, in every circumstance, we would see you as you are, and we would know you are greater. You are better, Lord God, than anything this world could ever give us, that we look unto you, Father, in all things, that our perspective would shift that we would not look at the things of the world, but that our perspective would be set on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, where he has overcome all things and all of his enemies have been made his footstool. Lord God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you for your mercies and your blessings, Lord God. Thank you for calling us your children and thank you for providing a place for us. In your mighty holy name we pray, amen and amen. All right, I'm not sure what what we're doing to dismiss for the lunch, but talk to each other for a minute. I probably got done way earlier than anyone thought I would, so just hang out for a second, talk to one another, and then we will head over and eat lunch together.